This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, May 20th, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. Are networks only free if you own them? And will network neutrality really maintain an egalitarian internet? Tim Lee, an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute, comments. Okay, so I I hear a description of net neutrality from the Associated Press, which I got from the Google News website. Mm -hmm. Um, Network neutrality is the principle that people should be able to go where they choose on the Internet without interference from network owners. Now, is that a fair characterization of what net neutrality actually means? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's uh, maybe not super precise, but the the basic idea is that the Internet is a... Um, a medium for transmitting all kinds of information, whether it's websites, videos, emails, etc. And the basic idea of, of network neutrality is that the owners of that infrastructure um, basically transmit all the information equally without discriminating either based on what type of information it is, what the content of the information is, or who's transmitting it. So, um, you know, small companies, big companies, individuals all have sort of an equal opportunity to translate information. Now that is what we have right now. That's right. But That's, without any form of the feds saying this is how things have to be done. Right. And and that's really the debate is is that for the most part, I mean, there are a few exceptions where um, network owners have, have tried to, you know, screw around with information people transmit. But for the most part, we, what we have now is a network that respects the, the principle, that what's called the end-to-end principle, um, which is a, sort of the same thing as network neutrality. And the debate is really over... Um, a, whether, whether that principle is important, and B, if it is important, um, whether we can preserve that without regulation or whether regulation is necessary in order to preserve it. And, and my, my view is that, the, um, that it is pretty important, that for the most part it's a good thing that, that um, the Internet is designed the way it is, but I think people are um, – the, 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 it's not as easy as people would think to change that, that I think market forces and other forces will probably be sufficient to preserve the, the things about the Internet that's worthwhile. You're suggesting that it's unlikely to go away even if there is no regulation, no, no mandate from the federal government. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Well, be, because the um, the value that the, the network providers provide is in many ways tied to the, the fact that the Internet is, is – uh, is designed the way it is. So there's there's a ton of uh, content out there. You know, some of it free content, like um, you know Wikipedia, for example, or blogs and so forth. That um, that that is just sort of free as part of having an internet connection. And if um, a network owner tried to start charging, um, say, different rates for getting access to a lot of that content, it would suddenly become very difficult to um, to get some of that content because you know your average blogger is not going to pay it an extra surcharge to have certain ones of its readers, um, you know, be able to access their blog. And, and so in practice, I think that you'll, that, that these network owners, they, in principle, this idea of being able to sort of charge different people, different rates or, you know, manipulate traffic and very well might sound like a good business opportunity. But what I think they'll find is that, that, that it actually costs them a lot more than they expect because the reason the internet works as well as it does is because it's built in this sort of um, open, um, open competitive fashion. Well, then what's the downside of having the government mandate something that is likely to remain in place absent a government mandate? Well, the the difficulty is that um, it's it's very difficult once you enact a, a system of regulation. It's very difficult to sort of keep it contained 
to um, to the, the the sort of narrow goal that you set for it. Um, and the, the example I like to give is the the sort of the first modern regulatory system was the um, Interstate Commerce Commission, which regulated the railroads. And in the the late nineteenth century, Congress passed uh, legislation that's actually strikingly similar to what people are now talking about for the internet. It basically said, you know. That, that railroads had to treat all their customers equally, and um, they couldn't discriminate, etc. And what happened was that the um, the railroads essentially twisted that regulatory regime into um, a system of, of barriers to entry, where um, for for decades the railroads had been trying to sort of collude and, and um, restrict competition and, and drive up the, the price of of the uh, the services they provided. And as long as you had a competitive market, that wasn't successful. But once they had the ICC as sort of a, a way of, of helping to enforce um, the 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 uh, collusion that they wanted to engage in, um, you ended up with a situation where, for most of the 20th century, um, the the, trans- the surface transportation industry was a, a government-run cartel. And by the 1970s, um, you even had people like Ralph Nader saying, um, you know, that we should get rid of the Interstate Commerce Commission because it really was helping industry at the expense of consumers. Now, it's it's hard to say exactly, you know, that that will happen with. Um, with network neutrality regulation, but it's just one example of the sort of unintended consequences of giving the government new powers over um, private industry. Now, is this why so many large internet providers and companies are in favor favor net neutrality legislation because perhaps they feel that they would be uh, best able to uh, co to comply with the regulation once it's uh, put? I, in the I books? think it's it's certainly possible and probably likely that at least some of the companies, um, I mean, I think some of the companies really believe that this is just important and they, they want to protect it. But but certainly one reason that they are probably more enthusiastic about it is that they, as large companies with you know lobbyists in Washington, they're not as worried about the sort of legislation, the regulation turning bad in ways that would harm them. I mean, they, you know, Google has, has actively, you know, growing this this Washington lobbying presence. So whatever happens to the regulatory system, they can be pretty sure that their interests will be well served. It's the smaller companies and the, you know, the nonprofit organizations and others that don't have this, you know, small lobbying army that really have to worry about what might happen if if this regulatory system goes wrong. The legislation sort of got farthest was in 2006, um, and that sort of died in its tracks. And so um, it, it's, it's actually looking fairly optimistic in terms of um, the, the sort of legislative um, outlook. Um, when we get a new administration, especially if it's a Democratic administration, I expect this to come up again. But one of the things we've seen is that this has been going on for several years, as this debate has. And while there's been a few problems people have pointed to, for the most part, things have, have gone okay without regulation. And so as I think as that um, continues to be true, um, the the argument for we need new regulation that sort of loses its urgency because clearly, you know, they were saying in 2004, 2005, 2006, we need this or bad things are going to happen. For the most part, bad things haven't happened. And so I think um, things are probably looking fairly optimistic. Tim Lee is an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute. You can read more on the debate over network neutrality at Cato.org.